You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media application for outdoor enthusiasts and it's designed by outdoor enthusiasts. If you want more information, visit Google Play Store and download the app or visit timetogowild.com. Let's get outside. It's time to go wild. All right, this is the Land and Legacy Hunting Podcast. Um, Matt is traveling, so it's just me this week, but I have some special guests. And uh, since this is the Hunting Podcast, we've talked in the past, everybody that's listened to the podcast over the, over the span of since we launched the Hunting Podcast, I think this is podcast number 36, and I believe we are on number 96 of the Habitat Heroes Podcast, but... This one goes from a wide variety of topics, from product reviews, hunting strategies, uh, hunting gear, whatever it is. Um, it's kind of our chance to really sit back, relax, and just talk hunting. And what better way, I think, when a lot of people think hunting or kind of fond memories of hunting, um, I think we automatically would go back to a lot of our fondest memories or some of the times when you had the most fun, probably probably when it wasn't as serious um we thought we were serious but uh eh, looking back maybe we weren't so serious about something so um this one is going to be a lot of fun because i actually have two of my uh, oldest hunting buddies and then of course my brother's here we're at a uh, christmas get together whatever you want to call it yes. some of us thought it was a sweater party um <laughs> others didn't maybe <laughs> and so uh anyway I've got uh, a couple people here. I'll let them introduce themselves, and then uh, we'll kind of just have a roundtable discussion. So, first, Mike, um, go ahead. You can introduce yourself. I'm Zach Miller. And you, uh, so I think you're probably, what, five or six years older than me. Yeah, six. Yeah, six mm -hmm. years older than me. And uh, kind of for, for people to understand why he's six years older um, you are, I guess, one grade older than one, my brother. Yeah, I played baseball with him. And so for me, um, weirdly enough, when I was in high school, the guys in my grade, there was only a couple guys that bow hunted. Um, but I always bow hunted with my brother Chad, who's also here, um, a lot more. And so I spent my learning how to bow hunt with guys that were older than me. And you learn from the best, I obviously. From the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when I was talking about that, maybe we weren't so uh, so serious about it. Um, that was kind of a, a uncapping 
of a discussion to think back at some of the stuff we did. Uh, I can think of some things that we did uh, that were very like, woo, I can't believe we actually did that. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, like where we would go to hunting camp, there was a couple conservation areas we went to where we pretty much wore our camo 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, and we went from fried fish and fried deer meat and fried um, whatever, anything we could put in the grease to fry while wearing our camo. Well, yeah, and the, fry, and the fried became, we acclimated to the environment, so we smelled like the camp. And we yeah. thought maybe maybe we stayed long enough, we would acclimate ourselves to the deer, and they were like, oh, just right. normalcy. I think we should have probably just focused on the camp deer um, yeah. instead of hiking all over God's <laughs> Exactly. Creation. But um, anyway, I'll let you pass the mic on over to our, ne- to our other guests, and um, go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Dustin Clark. Yep, and Dustin, same age as Zach. Um, I was trying to think of. I was just trying to think of nicknames. You guys were on Team Pots um, <laughs> <laughs> on that hunting trip uh, when we had Team Pots and Team Raglan, um, and you guys were uh, Team Pots when we were at Bunch Hollow Conservation Area in Northern Missouri. Um, Dustin, how many years you've been bow hunting, and how many years have you deer hunted? Uh, I've been deer hunting since I was 12. I've been bow hunting since I was probably 16. Okay. And, uh, Zach, what about you? About the same. I, I actually didn't start bow hunting until I was 16, 17. I quit basketball to focus on bow hunting. You know how that goes? (laughs) You know? That was a good call. It was a great call, actually. I I never looked back. I wish I would have done that. Yeah. Yeah, I played uh, basketball all four years of high school, mm-hmm. but looking back, I wish I'd have went ahead and got more serious about bow hunting, especially this time of year. It is December 29th um, here in southern Missouri. We have the Blue and Gold right. um, Basketball Tournament, which is December 26th, day after Christmas. You go to uh, Missouri State University to play this high school basketball tournament, and uh, what a waste. What a waste, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So you quit basketball, focus on bow hunting. I did. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you can pass it on over, Chad. Me, on the other hand, I think my bow hunting got started a little later because I did play basketball yeah. four years. So Loser. I didn't bow hunt as much until, like, out of high school. Yeah. So um, I think uh, you've been bow hunting. You were in high school. Yeah, I was in high school. Right, um, because... You had the old Jennings. Wasn't it a Jennings? Yes, the old wood handle Jennings. It had a wooden riser, with a, laminated wooden okay. riser. Yeah. And the and it had a like overdraw, the old school overdraw, so that I could shoot yeah. the short aluminum arrows. I'm sure, you were holding like eighty pounds when you pulled back. Did it have Did it have any let off at all? Uh, yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't real. Uh, it It wasn't a heavy draw. I, I can remember the first time I ever shot a bow. I had a, I guess it was a Jennings, and it was a, a piece of junk, and I didn't know how to shoot three tab or anything. Yeah. And I was fourteen, and it was probably sixty-five or seventy pounds, which was absolutely all I could handle. Yeah. I remember shooting in the basement. You remember what the let off would have been on that? Zero percent <laughs> or five. All I remember is you could pull it, and I'd be like, "Oh gosh, I can hold this for three seconds." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh man, how do you shoot a deer?" 
if you pull back and it's like, oh, limbs in the way, you would have to let down. And yeah, so I would, you know, it. I would practice that in the basement over and over and over until my arms got so wore out that I actually could not pull the bow back. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, I need something better than this. And you know what let off now, like the new Matthews was released and you know what percentage they have now? Oh, I bet they've got like 70%. 85. Oh my gosh. Yeah, 85. Wow. The new, uh. Verdicts is 85%, I believe. The first I bow. Think the triaxis too. Yeah, the I first did. bow I actually shot a deer with was a uh, Blue Mountain Archery Razorback. Oh, wow. Yeah, with That's an overdraw. And I mean, the arrows were tiny. Uh, I, I remember uh, yeah. when Chad was shooting that old Jennings that had the wooden riser. Um, the overdraw on it. I think the arrows were like only 24, 25 yeah. inches. They almost looked like crossbow bolts. Oh, they were crazy. Yeah. And of course, they were like XX75 yeah. Eastons. Yeah. You know, and you use a muzzy, 125 yeah. grain. I mean, didn't use 100 grain on oh, anything. For sure. We got and, one other guest, too, by the okay, way. Okay, we do. To set in. Um, he's just walked in the room. He just, he just walked in. He just but walked he's in. He's acting a little reluctant to he grab is. a mic. Introduce yourself. The, <laughs> the man, the legend, the man. Long-time hunting friend with all these boys, Colton Jones. He's a he's a pup. He's 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 the youngest of the group. We raised him. Finally That's killed a wall hanger this year. Though, he did. So. Congratulations. Yeah, and Colton actually. Uh, so you're six years older. He's six. Year, Dustin's six years older. Chad's only four years older. Um, and then Colton is four years younger than me. Right. And so there's kind of a wide gap here. But so you guys kind of maybe trained me how to bow hunt i don't know maybe if I'll give you the credit yet we, we may have taught uh, you things not to do yeah, yeah. that's that, i would say so right dustin always taught me to shoot him in the spleen <laughs> um, we did figure out that a deer has a spleen i think oh really i don't know i've never done had an anatomy class on the, so on the backstory deer. that is but the deer died it did the die. deer died we did, dustin yeah, it shot did a deer and um hit it back i hit it back and, and for some reason i said spleen said which spleen i have no idea liver, you know right. even and what we haven't let him live it down no. yes so for uh 15 years you haven't let was me that live 15 it down years ago probably over there on new highway is where that deer was shot oh yeah gotcha. because it was dark and i said man he's smaller on one side he's you know he'd be 135 <laughs> on the other side and we get up there and he's about i don't know 50 inch five point <laughs> so and he had black socks. oh yes and he did it was dark and for some reason i swear this deer had black he socks it was it was crazy but um and we he found didn't have black stockings. he did not have black stockings so, but three I, I days thought, later we found him I was pumped. I think that was my second or third bow kill, and uh, we'll talk about it forever. Yeah, it'll live for, <laughs> live on forever. Yes, it yeah. will. I uh, I'm trying to think here since we're all here. Mm-hmm. What is one of your favorite all time hunting stories about the group? Oh, about the group! Wow. I've got one. Yeah, let Chad go. I mean, my favorite, and I'll I'll pass the mic to you, Zach. <clears throat> I think this is one that we've told to anyone and everyone, and it's the the broadhead eating bobcat. <laughs> yeah, this is legit. Uh, this is not a lie, and I I will I will die. And and, and most people, there's only one man alive that actually was there. <sighs> anyway, uh, I'm hunting one morning in, in a field, and there was a couple of little troughs in the field that, that came through, and there were some turkeys that roosted two or three hundred yards away. And I could hear the turkey's commotion early, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see this bobcat sleeking down through the field. And I stand up in a platform stand, by the way. I didn't have any chair or anything, so old Was school. Was this a homemade stand? Yeah, it's homemade. Okay. 
and uh, I stand up, I draw, I shoot, and I absolutely pile drive this bobcat. Just drops it in his tracks. It's done. And I'm like, sweet, that's cool. I have never killed a bobcat with a bow. Yeah. And I wait another hour or two, and uh, no deer. So I start to get my stuff together. <laughs> As I do, apparently the bobcat looks up and sees that I'm in a tree stand, and I did not realize that he wasn't dead. So he takes off, and I, by the way, have never seen an animal of any kind run on its front two feet that fast. I could not have outrun him, and back then I was in decent shape. He runs through a barbed wire fence, and I thought, I've actually got to track this animal. So I get down. I come to the fence. My arrow's eaten in half. If you guys know the way, you what know, costs. Oh, gosh. I would, I would have been... So was it a luminaire? Yes, aluminum? yes. No, it was carbon. It was the okay. first carbons that ever came out. Rodney had given me a dozen. He bought a whole bunch of... Uh, carbon Express? Yeah, they were the first ones that had came out. And uh, mm-hmm. he had bitten the arrow in half, so I'd lost an arrow, which, by the way, back then was like $6 for the arrow. Yeah. And like $8 for the broadhead. So I'm down 14 bucks to start, to start the game. And I walked to this creek bed, and I seen him. And he's... Looking back and forth. Of course, he can't move his back legs. He's paralyzed. But uh, I thought, well, I'll just shoot him. So I draw back, and I shoot again, miss, hit a multiplier rose, shoots up above him. Oh, crap. By the way, I never found that arrow. Um, so that's another 14 Yes, and uh, I'm on the arrow number three, and back then I carried three arrows, and that was it. I shoot again, and this is where it gets weird. It hits the same bush, lands above his head, and I literally watched this cat reach up with his left paw, bat the arrow down, bite the arrow in half, and then he chewed the broadhead into slivers. <laughs> and I thought, this is probably the, the meanest cat I have ever seen. I scared. I backed out, and I called my cousin. And it was and a I, steel my, force broadhead. Yeah, steel force. Yeah. yeah. I called him, like, dude, I, haven't, I don't have any weapons left. You're going to have to come down. So he backs up through the creek, comes back down there, and he has, by the way, the Blue Mountain Razorback bow I had given him. Yep. It was my old one. And he had three arrows, and he's like, I'll shoot that thing. So he shoots it, yeah, and hits it in the back spleen. paw. <laughs> Not in the spleen. <laughs> the paw, which it's paralyzed, so it didn't even feel it. It just pinned into the ground, which yeah. I felt better because he couldn't get up. And uh, I finally finish him off and uh, with, with, your with, old with, with my old bow. And uh, we do kill him. So five arrows shot, three completely obliterated, and one that we broke. I think we broke the broadhead on the other one. So, mm. And it was like a 12-pound bobcat probably that we were like, huh, that's cool. It had a bunch of holes in it. It did, yeah. And I felt kind of bad about it. But at the same time, it was kind of neat. Yeah. It was a good story. Yeah. But nobody believes. But nobody believes. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's one of them. You've got you've got a couple stories that people would never believe, mm. uh, but that's definitely the the top of the mountain. Yeah, for so sure. I've got a story. Dustin's got a all story right. Dustin's here. got one. I've got a story about me and Adam. Which me and Adam, we've we've been around each other and hunted, but not actually with each other. And where were we at? I think it was in was in Lebanon at the uh, conservation when you shoot the buck, and and we track. Rolla, Rolla, Rolla. Yeah. And Adam shot this big, this good buck. Good buck. That was and, one of And you were weekends. what? Were you 16, 17? No, no. I would have been in, I was in college, so I was 20. So, shoots this good buck. I don't know where everybody else is at. I don't know where everybody else is at, but yeah. Adam somehow gets in contact with me. Well, I, I can't remember if, if, I, was, remember, right, if I was hunting close to you. Or... The story is, 
so we run this big conservation, which is like, I don't know, 6,000 acres, maybe even more. Yeah, and uh, it's a huge area. And most of the guys went to the north side, and you and I were the only ones that went to the south side, the poor sacks that got the leftovers. Yes. And yes. we went, if you remember, we walked, and it was like, when oh, you, yeah, when, yeah. When you get those maps, it's like, <laughs> oh, there's a bunch of food plots there. And we walked the first one, not playing it. Walked the second one, not playing it. Walked and the we third keep one, walking and walking and walking and walking and walking. And we didn't have much cell service at all. Yep. And you went left, I went right, and I went down there and missed a buck chasing a doe on my way walking in, and then sat down and that buck chase or another buck came out chasing a different doe, and I shot him. Yes, and, and it you was shot super him. windy. And it was the night we had to leave, and I let that deer set for an hour. Yes, and then I got out out of my stand, walked towards you. We got together, and all I remember is the wind, and it was it was getting ready to storm. So the wind was just howling, and 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 it was going to rain, and we had to leave. So instead of letting the deer sit, we went after him, and we pushed him once, then we pushed him again, Mm and we pushed. We probably pushed the deer five or six and times, and we, it, yeah, we didn't know so it, but windy. we just we kept. I mean, it was just blood trail after blood trail. But I'm talking. I mean, how how long did we blood trail was, this deer? It was a couple of hours. And, yes, and, of and blood we trail. Finally, got service. We barely had any battery left on our cell phone, and one of our other buddies had killed a good buck, Luke. And uh, that story that you're telling is the is the time in my life when I realized a one lung deer. Can go along. Oh yeah, long absolutely. Ways. And because I looked at when I when I I can still see it in my eyes, and see it in my head clear as day. Is when I shot that deer, he was forty seven yards, and uh, I thought I smoked him right behind his shoulder, but he was slightly quartered two. And then it took a few years, and I learned that was a one lung deer. I only gave him an hour. I should have gave him well. I, it, in hindsight, is I would have ended up just getting a hotel room or staying an extra night finding the deer the next morning but instead we rushed it bumped the deer well yeah and that deer he we blood trailed that deer through stuff that you wouldn't even think i mean we had a hard time going through Mm -hmm. and i mean over giant timber that was laid down and brush and it was just but we didn't stop because we had we were leaving so we wanted to try to get the deer and it was just constant good blood good blood good blood and then what did we finally just stop? We, we had to give up because he, he, we, yeah, we did. To we, pond, yep. To a pond. And we like, finally just gave got up a drink. He's not hurting that bad. And, uh, the next morning, Luke actually went back, um, in there after we'd left and, and found a few more drops and never found the deer. Hmm. So right who knows? Uh, that, that definitely was one of them that haunts me. There's a few, and I know we all have them, a big deer that we wounded. That's one of them that haunts me. Cause that was a big old gnarly, gnarly buck. Um, so yeah, Colton, you got any funny stories here? Good stories. (laughs) I'm going to tell a good story here is four years ago when Dustin started his new job and he was complaining because he hadn't got to hunt all year long. So I had a connection up at Northern Missouri and at the same time you guys were up there, um, Adam and Chad, you guys were up there hunting, hunting. We were hunting the, the magical ground. Yes. Yes. You guys were. I don't know if I've ever publicly or told that. I think I have told the story on the podcast. But in short, we were on a place, second year of hunting it, that we had, air quote, permission to hunt um, from the air quote owner. And uh, come to find out the first year, oh, man, first year we killed a a buddy of ours, another one that's not here, killed a 215-inch buck. 
and then we went to another piece of property that the uh, the air quote owner had, and uh, another buddy killed a 160. And then the Chad next year, and then Chad killed another good one on public ground. But uh, we went back the next year right. and hunted. This is when you guys hunted. Well, yeah, we went up to hotel. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. went up to hunt, and everybody was just having a good time. And Dustin Clark was hunting with us, and he just wanted to kill deer. So he he thought the stands that my buddy had hung weren't the best spot. So he climbed a hedge apple tree and hung a hang on stand there and hunted there one night and it was getting late and it was getting close to dark and we're going to go pick him up and we get a text that i just smoked one and it it just whopped him and i was like okay so we get there and we started tracking this doe and when we found the doe we found the blood trail and it was just the most outrageous blood trail i've ever been on but when we found her the arrow was right between her eyes (laughs) And I got the picture on my phone still to this day, show it quite often. She died, what, 100 yards? 100 yards, but it was zigzag the whole way and just blowing blood out of her nose. But you can't stop at that one. you got to tell the next, the next, okay. So so we meet up with Adam and Chad the next day, and you guys had killed a couple does, and I had killed a doe, and we took a picture there at the farmhouse, and it was just a good time, you know, just a good hunting trip. So the next night is the night that we were going to leave, and we... Um, decided to hunt on the edge of a cornfield and we wanted to hunt close enough together where when we got down we could get out together and carry stuff etc so Clark went to the corner of the cornfield and I was about midway through it we could see each other he shot a doe about an hour before dark had a little one with it the little one came back Dustin I see him pull his bow back and shoot at her missed it this goes back to one of Zach's stories where he shot every arrow in his quiver and never never killed the doe, the doe fawn. But the last shot he took, I it just clanks and bangs, and he squatted down in his stand to shoot the, the doe fawn and hit the rail and blew his bow up to end, <laughs> to end the year. That was his last hunt of the year. So, oh, man. so I dragged that deer out for Dustin. I don't know if he remembers that. I drug it all the way across that cornfield for him because he carried the stand. The next year we got to talking and I was like, you ready for bow season? Dustin said, my bow's still in the case and it's still blown up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sums it up. Uh, so, I've got a story. It was a I good one. I don't know if it's the same stand or not, um, but way back i think i was 19 i was right out of college we went to hunt a conservation area called reform near jefferson city missouri and dustin um we so you guys are going way back here i'm gonna have to really start thinking about because i've made a lot of dumb decisions (laughs) well the the this one's a shorter story but um that conservation area is broke up to uh to basically the river breaks on the south side and the crop fields on the north side. So obviously, Southern Missouri boys are going to the north side because we already have enough of crop or of of hilly terrain. Oh yeah, and we see any food plot up north, we're like, oh, there's a booner in there because oh, we don't have those down where we're. No, at. no, not at all. But this story's on you, so let me tell it. And uh, so we're all going to the north side, and uh, you went to the south side, and you had this old stand climb and stand and i forget if it was it was a strong built yes it was a walmart that weighed 100 pounds yeah it felt like it weighed 100 pounds (laughs) and it had like it was 
it wasn't one of those that fold up. They didn't have the technology <laughs> to fold it up. And so it was a really, th- I think it, I think it really did weigh 34 pounds, strong built. And we're all up hunting. The and you also ground. had, he also had a yellow nylon rope yeah, that held yellow. it together. <laughs> That's right. 100% a yes. yellow nylon yes, rope was the rope that he uh, tied to keep them together. Mm-hmm. And, and I the believe it only had a half It doesn't a, matter. We were orange. They well, I think it only is. had half a square, half a square <laughs> on them both ends. So it wasn't really going to do anything. And by the way, on that trip, it, the bottom fell down, and you had to bear. Yes, you had to bear. I did. The tree I forgot all, all about down. that. Yes. But the funny part of this story is, um, we were all hunting the flat ground, crop ground, and seeing a lot of deer. And you went to the nastiest, gnarliest, <laughs> hilliest terrain, and carried that stupid stand all the way to the back property line, and hung because there were some big white oaks. And you came back and you said, "Boys, I found the spot." And the funny part of this story is because he f- it, the, it was the spot because it reminded you of Moody's, which yep. is a property we hunted in southern Missouri. This sucks. Let's go to Moody's. <laughs> so so you, you came back here, guys, guys, I found the spot. It looks just like Moody's. And we all went, Moody's? You mean it looks just like southern Missouri? I didn't come all the way up here to hunt southern Missouri terrain. And uh, oh you hung that God. stand. And I remember one day you said, I'm just going to leave that stupid stand. <laughs> I know. I, I'm done with it. And then it was the last day we were going to hunt after uh, hunt till dark and then go back. This, yeah. And we're sitting there at lunch. And you said, I don't think that's my only that's my only climber. I got to go get that. And we walked all the way. I forgot back you walked because we walked over railroad tracks and we we walked over railroad tracks and we went way back in there. And I forgot you went with me. I went with you because I wanted to see this spot that looked like Moody's. It looked like Moody's. That's why I got the heck out of there. (laughs) Yeah. So no no one can feel bad for you though because our other buddy Luke Anderson (laughs) will vouch for the and Dustin McClary will vouch for the times that we've hauled your stands in. That's right. I was notorious never hunt the spot twice. And, and so it, for and me. And it was not like now where we have light travel setups. No, it that was, was a, a stand that had a monster platform. It was and like I a 20 pounder, a, wasn't it? A yeah, 20 it pound a 20 hang pound on. hang on. And it had a huge platform and a little bitty old strap. It was a death trap. And, uh, and a big, and a big full size 20 foot ladder. And a 20 foot ladder that I folded up or that like <laughs> broke down into four pieces, five foot long. And I put those. I can I can tree. remember being seventeen and and taking a portable with twelve tree steps in the dark in the dark at five o'clock in the morning and just randomly picking a tree in the dark. By the way, yeah, not having a clue what the rest of it looks. Hanging the set, hunting for two hours, taking it back down, carrying it a quarter mile out, and and not even thinking twice about it and doing it again in the afternoon. And yeah. thinking, this is probably, the, now I look back at it, it's the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. That's yeah. why my shoulders are shot. Yeah. Well, and how many times did we carry climbing stands in to northern Missouri where there weren't really many trees for them? We carried them around and then found a spot and sat on the ground yeah. and then carried them back out. We were definitely fish out of water. Southern Missouri deer, or southern Missouri hunters that had that were used to finding post oaks and white oaks to, to use climbers in. And I remember it took us a, a year to really realize that my gosh, if we really want to hunt in the stand or in the trees we want to be in, we got to scrap the climber. Because well, that, well, this the, is, yeah, that managed hunt we were on, what's the name of that place? Whetstone Creek. Whetstone, yeah, and McClary went. And he spent the entire trip with a climber on his back. He never even hunted. We'd, he we'd, meet, we'd meet him at noon in the middle of the woods like, hey, man, did you see anything? I can't find a tree. <laughs> 
And in the whole trip, he just walked around. He would walk around yeah. or sit on the ground yeah. and lean against his climber. Oh, that was great. Yeah. And so, man, it, some of those stories, though. Um, Colton's got another story, it, okay. it looks like. No, I just I just want you guys to tell the story because we were gigging the other night, Zach and myself, and he told the story to one of my buddies about Dustin Clark at Northern Missouri. Since it's a roast session right now, not bringing enough clothes or blankets. Oh gosh. Okay, cro- Crooked River. That that <laughs> Crooked River. That's where we were at. This yeah. Yeah. Well, the story. Yeah. The the story starts. Have a mic. I don't know if they can hear yeah. it, but Chevy, another one yeah. of my buddies, shot a deer he the did. first night. Yeah, a little button this, buck. This was not the weekend right after Thanksgiving. It was the weekend following. Yes. Because I uh, had gone on a trip right. to and reform maybe the Dustin and I had, had originally, this is before the buck hut we bought? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we bought this just, just awful travel trailer that we took on a couple of these trips. But when we went to Crooked River, nobody really, we checked the weather, but it's like, yeah, whatever. And we brought a summer tent. It was me and Chad, Dustin, Chevy. Was that it? Just us four? I brought a quilt. And Dustin brings a quilt. two blankets and a pillow. It got to five the first night and to zero or below zero the second night. The high of the, the entire weekend was 27. And we had like 40 below sleeping bags and the whole shoot and match. And Dustin's like, dude, I'll be fine. I'll just sleep my, I'll just sleep my coveralls. I'm good. I get, Dustin McClary yeah. and I both got invited on that trip, and we looked yeah. at the forecast, and we yeah. said, heck no. I, I was in a cheaper sleeping bag, and I wore long john pants, wool like flannel sleeping pants, wool socks, a a uh, a mock turtleneck, like long john shirt, and a hoodie, and a stocking cap, yeah. and wool gloves, yeah. and, and just to stay warm in the sleeping bag, and Dustin had – Two blankets and a pillow. <laughs> so the first night, yeah, well, yeah, this is where this is where it might get weird. The, the first night, we're like, "You're you're an idiot." There's there's no way you're gonna survive this. He's like, "I'm good." About ten o'clock, he's tapped me on my shoulder. Didn't he say? I think he said, "I'm good, guys." He's I'm, like, "I'm I good." Didn't even, I didn't think I need my clothes the, the, on. So yeah, he had the first down. the first night we'd been sitting around the fire, and of course we're we're just there. Adrenaline's we're all pumping. running on adrenaline and. Dustin's like, boys, I think I'm good. I think I can sleep in my boxers with these blankets. <laughs> and slowly through the night, he just put on more and more clothes until he was fully dressed, ready to go hunting and freezing. And it was like, like my mag light had, had ice on it. It was that, so cool. That mag light that was in the tent with Yeah, you. in the tent with us. And it was like he'd go and start the truck. And then Dustin just, I think you sat there the first morning, didn't you? So... I actually slept in everything I brought, including my boots. So when he says I'm ready to hunt, like I wake up, I go to the stand. I don't have to put anything on because <laughs> it's that cold. The beer is slush. Yeah. The, our buddy Chevy had killed a deer and he hung it up. Well, it was, you know. Frozen solid. Yeah, it was like a block of ice. I don't know whatever happened to that deer. But anyways, it was the coldest I've ever been. And I have never wanted to spoon with a man as much as I did that night. Well, you actually did. And he did. (laughs) (laughs) And I am the man on the receiving end of the spooning because, uh, you know, he starts tapping me at, what, 1030? And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm I'm, I'm freezing, dude. I'm like, well, yeah, you're freezing. You've got a blanket and a pillow when it's three degrees outside. He's like, dude. You know, is there is there any room at the end? Basically, <laughs> I'm like, get in here. So we slept in a one man, forty below, mummy sleeping 
bag for two straight nights. And uh, I'm okay to admit it because I saved I saved his life because he would have died. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that 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 was a, and that's all we saw. It was the only, only deer we saw the entire the entire time. Oh man! I, and well, another part of that story is that deer froze solid. Oh yeah! And uh, you guys the next day were shooting it with your bows. Yeah, because it was funny. Yeah, and uh, he started shooting with broadheads. Well, that's the part. Everybody else was shooting, and it was sticking to the frozen deer, right? Like like a target. Right. Dustin shoots it, and the arrow goes right through it out in the oh, field. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Oh man, they had a broadhead on it." <laughs> oh, that reminds me of another story. And this is a this is a Dustin Clark roast, by the way. It is definitely. Uh, this is this is one of the best. This is one of, this is one of the best. Uh, you know, back in the old day, you know, you line your you line your field points in, and then you, everybody had fixed blade broadheads, so you always shot your broadheads. You always did. Nowadays, yeah. a lot of people just screw them on and shoot them. Yeah. And we were at Adam Brooks. Yep. And when he lived out there and had a bow shop, and we were we had we'd shot. I mean, we were we had already shot our bows a hundred times, and for some reason, he has those gigantic targets out there. I don't know if you ever saw his layered ones, his black ones. Yeah. He had four of them sitting up there, and I'm like, I'm gonna shoot my bow. We were going to chronograph it and whatever. And I shot, I don't know, a group of three. Well, Dustin's shooting beside me, and I'm not paying any attention. So he shoots his three, and we get out, and I pull my three out. And he's over there, just got both feet on the target, pulling, and he can't get his arrow out. I'm like, what in the world? And he just keeps pulling. He keeps pulling. He can't get any of them out. I'm like, what in the world? He's like, I don't know, dude. These broadheads are stuck in here. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled insert and all at all three of them, and I think he lost an arrow or broke one. I'm like, dude, this is not a broadhead target. This <laughs> before block ever came out. But oh yeah. man, <laughs> for sure. Golly, there's a lot of fun stories looking back. Um, I'm trying to think of any others. I, I well, there's a list of, of oh, stories a mile. So long, many um, that one of these days we'll just sit down and record oh. and, and tell every story we got, but. What is what is not to change the subject, but what is something that you look back, looking at your gear now, looking the way you hunt now, what has been the biggest change to you compared to when you first started hunting? The bows, the broadheads, the clothing you wore, the tree stands you wore. You know, I mean, everything's changed. Obviously, uh, a bow in nineteen eighty seven is going to kill a deer just as dead as it was in nineteen ninety eight or two thousand and ten. I mean, they shoot faster, they're quieter, whatever. Um, I don't think that's as big a deal. I mean, in the last ten years, I mean, realistically, how good are they going to make a bow mm-hmm. without putting you know a laser on it? There's no way to make yeah. a bow any better than they do. Um, Gear wise, I mean, who knows? I think it's just learning how to hunt yeah and understanding you know how to get in and out of a stand without spooking things uh knowing to not hunt every day you have an opportunity because of the wind yeah and, and just being smarter and realizing that if you leave a place alone long enough and you hunt it right you the opportunity to see when deer you first so started hunting better. it was like i'm out of school I'm oh yeah hunting. absolutely it didn't, it didn't even think about the wind. you never even looked the weather you're hunting morning yeah. and, and absolutely afternoon. i remember uh shoot it wasn't that long ago we had a buddy that It'd be September 15th, and, and, I mean, he's killed a lot of good deer, but he'd be like, he would set all day September 15th, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, there ain't no way. You remember that? Luke Luke Anderson, he, he listens to the podcast occasionally. He used to, and he may still, and I'm like, man, no. oh, man, I ain't doing it. No. Uh-uh. Mosquitoes and seed ticks are too bad that time of year. Yeah, Chad, you said you, you, you looked like you had something to say to that. My Chad. main thing that I think has changed is the clothes. I mean – 
the yeah. the clothes thing when when I was eleven and going hunting, I was in green coveralls yeah. and freezing to death and little boots and however many socks I could pack in them. And now it's, I mean, I remember the you remember the boots. Um, I always think of Colton and his brother on these boots, but the Northerners, yeah. the, and they had the little old uh, the little t- line strings line at the yeah. top, and uh, the Northerner boots that oh I man, the and the LL beans, yeah, Everybody with the. Uh, I think they call them duck boots or, or something like that. My duck biggest thing is is scent control now. Like when we were. Do you, st- do, you do scent control? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do do scent control. And I know this has been the Dustin Clark roast. And I know I've shot a lot of deer bad. But you know what? I got about four bucks on the wall. And I ain't hit every one of them good, but they're dead. And that's all that matters. I, I know one thing. Nobody can and, ever take away from you is it seems like. Back in the day, you and I probably had more fun than anybody, it seemed like, because well, we I'll were tell a little you, more laid back. Than- I'll tell you, my passion is to bow hunt. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I work, and I'm not home a lot, but when I get home, I shoot my bow about six times. And when it's good, I go hunting. And I do have pretty good luck, and I'm fortunate, and I kill good deer. Am I as good a shot as any of you guys? Absolutely not. <laughs> But he can hit a pie plate at 30. But yards. if I can hit a pie plate at 30 yards and I hit him and I, if I if I clip the spleen, I got a dead deer. But I will say that I have had lifelong memories I'll never forget with my buddies and they give me a hard time. And well, I love it. That's the and way it, it ain't, hunt it, camp should be. Absolutely. Every for me, fortunately enough. I get to see hunting camps across the country with with consulting and, and real estate, and I will say this: that the camps that we go to, that you can just tell that there is that's the place to be during a certain time of the year, is when it's a group of guys or a family, and there's a lot of inside jokes. That's constant razzing, and and uh, there was one of my favorites was a little bitty old camp, and I can't even they had nicknames for each other and some of them were inappropriate and that was one of the most fun camps that i've seen and and been a part of and and now kids are are getting brought into the mix and and they actually have uh nicknames that tie into the dad's nickname and and it's just the razzing the camaraderie and really i mean matt and i you guys haven't listened to all the podcasts or any i don't even know um but the thing matt and i talk about a lot is the camaraderie that is lacking in in a lot of the hunting camps in this day and age, and that's why hunting numbers are. De- I, I believe the hunting numbers are declining, um, being part of the lack of deer camps. Colton, you got something, a story, or something? I'll just I'll build on that a little bit, talking about um, hunting and learning from from deer camps because all of you guys, got, you got some good stories on Chad and I because we kind of. That's what I was getting into. Is you, you know my my dad wasn't a deer hunter, bow hunter. He was a bird hunter, and that's all we did. So Adam and Chad got me started into the hunting, and my most fond memories are is turkey hunting early in, in life. We'd go to Johnny Watterson's, and we always had a great hunt. Dustin Clark was with us. It was oh, like yeah. a herd of elephants through the woods that one morning, and, and we it, still killed. And because— Adam was still—Adam will, to this day, take credit because he called those hens to him. that was He was sitting 100 yards behind us. And I guarantee you, he'll stay, still take the credit today. Darn right. At least I'm but, putting my name in the hat on but it. But Chad was you setting up there deer, with me. Yeah. Or you killed a good turkey. Yeah, it was a good turkey. And uh, what had happened was 
he was being hard-headed because Missouri U season always happened a couple weeks prior to Missouri turkey season. So there was still a lot of hinned-up turkeys. And Chad was calling. I was calling. Couldn't get this bird in. And as we're kind of making a move, I kind of hung back. And uh, they moved in close and started calling and got this bird fired up. And he kind of seemed like he was drifting. And I just went nuts back there and didn't hardly shut up and ended up calling. I think I gobbled, too. You gobbled. I started gobbling back at you. Because we can uh, both gobble with our mouth. And so we ended up gobbling at this deer and before we – or at this turkey. And before I know it, um, this this turkey gets shot and the hens are right in my lap. So Yeah, that's yeah. – and, and just to add to that, you know, I've they taught me a lot. Um, being with Zach, Dustin – Everybody has a little bit different style. I go down to southeast Missouri and hunt big timber, and uh, it's just a new learning perspective every time. So I take bits and pieces from all these guys and learn a lot, but um, it's just a lot of fun. And I'm going to add something right now that Chad did. Me and Chad took my daughter hunting, turkey, spring turkey hunting, two years ago, and we had a bird hang up, and Chad did the same tactic that you did, Adam, when, yeah. when I was little. And Chad went behind us about 100 yards, and this bird, we worked him for two hours. And Chad literally called the, called the bird in our lap. And un- threw a fence, threw a holler off of a, a white chat road that went to a house. And unfortunately, my daughter had watched him too long, and uh, the tears were flowing, and she didn't want to shoot the turkey. Or, I don't know if she was scared of the gun or the turkey, but it was just... Yeah, I think she was scared she was going to miss because when that turkey come up out of that little draw, he was right on us. And mm. but it's just you know when I'm hunting alone, I still think back to those those tactics and take take those uh, theories and ideas and try to use them for myself. So all it's right, taught so me a lot. Here's a question for all of you then: Looking back um, to all the years, and we do a thing called "Would You Rather." Mm-hmm. Um, Matt and I we always say, "Would you rather shoot a mechanical or a fixed blade?" Would you rather bow hunt pa or gun hunt georgia and and so and we're wrapping this podcast up i'll ask you guys a final would you rather and say now looking back would you rather get to hunt more in the deer camps of public ground traveling probably not killing as many good deer but if if families you know life goes on there's kids involved wives that the chance of doing that is not as possible because of scheduling. But if you could, would you rather hunt the rest of your life with a, uh, a, a greater chance of killing a good deer but doing it more by yourself, on your own property, occasionally hunting with a kid or your own kids, or would you rather go back to the days of hunting with your buddies, public ground, hiking, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change those days for anything. I mean, absolutely not. Not even close. I wouldn't care if I ever killed a good one. Yeah. I mean, because the story is the hunt. Yeah. And that's you know the you know when you die, I mean you've got a, you've got memories is all you got. Yeah. And I mean the memories that I have with these guys here, and with my dad and my grandpas. I mean, you don't remember the big ones you killed necessarily. Not as no. much as the ones you missed or the or no. the times you had that were funny. I was. I'll, I'll tell a really quick story before we wrap All this right. up. I was thinking of one. <clears throat> it was opening day. If you, it's been I don't know six, eight, ten years ago, and my dad was sitting with me in a blind opening day gun season in the afternoon, and it was seventy five degrees. I was literally in a blaze orange vest. That's it. Yeah, and a pair of shorts. 
Dustin's below the hill. We don't even know where he's at, which is common for him. He's kind of a rover. Um, this deer walks in at three o'clock he's to our left. He's probably walking somewhere. And and my my dad looks over and he's like, "Hey, shoot that doe!" And I'm looking. I'm like, "Yeah, I don't want to kill it. It's hot." Yeah. We watch it for a while and it's walking down the hill and he's like, uh, "Shoot it!" And I'm like, "All right, I guess I will." So I get the gun out and I'm like, "Oh, that's not a doe, Dad. That's a good buck." Well, he can't get on it. It's almost out of sight. I fire one off and, by the way, did hit it right in the lungs and it mule kicks, runs about 25 yards, gets hung up behind two trees and just standing there. And my dad just six mm's it right in the neck and blows a hole the size of your fist by the way and steve anderson will say this is the worst deer he ever in his entire life put on a wall without having a new cape steve anderson's attack yes yeah he he says he had he actually charged my dad extra 15 dollars. he was laughing <laughs> because because of the hole and uh, anyway it rolls down the hill and the rest of the story is everybody hears the shooting i look up and here comes dustin in orange inside of the gun walking up out of the hall like what'd you guys shoot at you know <laughs> and i can hear rodney hey, with no muffler driving all the way around the back side of the place at four thirty. you know right prime time yeah and he backs his his uh blazer up tears the mirror off the side of it because he's so excited because we killed a good one and we get down there and rodney's wallering in it he's sitting there like oh this is the biggest deer ever and it wasn't i mean it's a nice buck and he throws his hat lands in a tree can't get it out. It's 20 feet in the air. And Dustin starts shooting at it with the 223. And, I mean, it's just like we all took pictures, and that's that's what it's all about. It yeah. has nothing to do with the deer. Yeah. I mean, that deer could have been a 180-inch or a doe. It didn't matter. It was awesome. But, yeah, that to answer your question, absolutely not. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a reason. I mean, now we all kind of have some private land that we all hunt. We don't get to hunt together as much anymore, but – we're also, well, we spent the last three years talking about trying to plan an elk hunt or plan uh-huh. a trip to hunt together because yeah. we miss those days of all of us hunting together. And even well, still, like, we I, went and helped Dustin trail his. I ask you guys that question, and if a podcast listener is driving down the road or at work, I I, I, I want you to answer it in your head as well or shoot us an, uh, an email at infoatlantalegacy.tv and let us know what you think because – um, I think it's a question I, I would ask everybody. What would you rather do? Would you rather hunt with your buddies and lower your chances of success, or would you rather hunt by yourself and increase your chances? Because the reality is um, you're probably going to have a better chance of success on your own place by yourself, but it's not nearly as much fun. Um, so it, it goes with the question, uh, the kind of the meme I saw on Facebook was, um, at one point in your childhood, and I've said this on the podcast and I've had people comment on it because it hits everybody in the gut, but at one point in your childhood, you and your friends went out to play in the yard for the last time and nobody knew it. Right. At some point in our life, you and your buddies went to deer camp for the last time and nobody knew it. It kind of goes with what Andy says on the office. He says, don't you wish you knew you were living in the good old days? When you were still in the good old days, I mean that that we're talking about the good old days, but we still. I mean, we're not even our forties yet. You guys are getting close. I'm a long ways from it, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, my son is seven years old. Zach, my son's seven years old. Zach's is six years old, and now we're to the point in our life that, and Colton's almost there too, that uh, you know we get just as much joy out of our children killing, you know, harvesting a, a deer or a turkey or a squirrel. I mean, me and my son, he killed two squirrels this week, and we just, I mean, you would have thought we killed a booner. I mean, that's uh-huh. just how it was. And 
that's where I'm at to my in in my life is I I enjoy watching my buddy's kids, my buddy kill a deer, um, you know, my child killed a kill a deer or a turkey or whatever it might be, a squirrel. Just because now, you know, when you get older, you really start realizing what's important in life. And I mean, yeah, I'd love to go up north and on private land and kill a 180 inch deer. But at the same time, I get more joy out of, you know, five of my buddies going up north and we kill three does and we're up there for three days shooting the bull and having a good time yeah. or, our, or our children kill a deer. And that's just where I'm at in my life. You know, I'm almost 40 and that's where I'm at. And, uh, Adam, you couldn't have hit it better. You know, it's, it's funny. We never would have thought about that, but we're to that point in our life that, you know, those, those things we thought were important aren't really that important anymore. Yeah. So I think you, at some point you go from the the good old times you're hunting with buddies and then you get real serious or a lot of yeah, guys do you get real serious in your 20s and then all of a sudden it's like man i'm going to kill a good deer i'm going to kill the best one out of anybody in town and then all of a sudden you might have kids you get married time passes and you're like man i'd really just like to have hunt with the buddies again yeah. and uh and and that would be it uh colton there's yeah, that's right there. that's a unanimous vote there, I guess. I'm going with them. I'd much rather be with my buddies. And that's back to the deer I killed this year. I I shot him, and I was hunting alone. And I think it was, I hunted alone with my rifle, but it was the only time I hunted alone with my bow. And I was excited, but there wasn't anybody there to share it with me. And I just think it would have been much better if I'd have killed it on a deer camp with all you guys or something. Mm-hmm. and. So it goes back to what Dustin said and all of you said is I'd I'd love to do the deer camp thing instead of hunting alone and have the chance to kill the, the monster or whatever. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, hopefully uh, I, I know that brought up some, some old memories for all you guys and, and myself included, but um, I hope everybody enjoyed this week's podcast. Um, I started it out as the hunting podcast. We've gone on so long. This may be a substitute for the Habitat Heroes podcast because that's an hour-long one. Hunting one is usually 30 minutes. So we'll probably sub this one out and make this the Habitat Heroes podcast. Um, Next week, we'll be back at it with more habitat management. Uh, But, man, I I can't thank you guys enough. I mean, my gosh, we've had some great memories over the years. And uh, as I move into 2019, um, one of my – if you want to go corny to say New Year's resolutions, um, one of mine is to try to hunt with new people or hunt with old people, old friends. Um, you call me old. More. I am calling you old. You're almost 40. Um, hunt with more people, not just Chad and Matt um, in the future. Like try to try to push myself to find other people to hunt with just because I think that's one of the lost lost uh parts of hunting and i mean i don't know if you guys know this but we lost two million hunters in the last five years um and there's only i think there's like 13 or 11 11 or 13 million now uh we lost we lost uh five no what i say two million something like we lost a lot of hunters and uh so anyway hopefully you guys enjoyed it and uh we will see you guys next week